Hi, thanks for listening. In 20 seconds or less, I wanted to ask if you would consider supporting the show with a one-time donation of $1 to $3. The funds go to subscription fees, equipment upkeep, and a general sense of well-being. Links in the show notes. And again, thanks for listening. Okay, on with the show. Chapter 6 Just everybody calm down! Emotions had taken control, and everyone was shouting at each other about what needed to happen. This wasn't getting Beverly home any quicker, and she had had enough. Gary, Mac, and Reggie all shut up and looked at her. Beverly gathered herself and resumed a normal tone. Okay, listen. Nobody wants to get home faster than I do, but it doesn't look like we can just waltz outside to our cars anymore, so we need to come up with a plan. So what's the plan? she said. Once again, Gary, Mac, and Reggie all started talking at once. Beverly held up her hands. One at a time! Gary, go! she said. All eyes turned to Gary. He ran his hands through his hair and took a breath. The first thing I think we should do is tie up Mr. Johnson. If what the news was saying is true, the aggressiveness was just a first stage, Gary said. All eyes turned to the still unconscious Jason Johnson. Okay, good thinking, Gary. Mac, Reggie, grab a chair and put Mr. Johnson in it. I'm going to find something to tie him up with, Beverly said. Mac and Reggie went over to their boss. Reggie stopped and looked down at him. Hey, Mac! You ever had to grab a Johnson this big? He said. Max smiled and grabbed his crotch. No, but your mama does most every night, he said. The two slapped hands and enjoyed their adolescent joke. Guys, whoa, Gary said, gesturing towards Beverly. Reggie and Mac looked chagrined and glanced back toward Beverly. Sorry, Bev, Max said. Yeah, we didn't mean nothing, Reggie said. Beverly ignored them as she spied the long orange extension cord that ran from the far wall to the television. She went over and unplugged it. Nice guys, Gary said. Reggie scowled at him. Screw you, Gary! Grab his feet, he said. The three men plopped Johnson into a padded rolling chair as Beverly came over with the extension cord. In a few minutes, they had him secured. So, what now? How does this work, man? Reggie said. Nobody answered. Finally, Gary spoke up. Well, usually in a zombie-type situation... Usually in a zombie-type situation? There ain't nothing usual about this situation at all, Gary. I mean, what the... Reggie said, cutting off Gary. Hey! Let him finish. The time for making fun of Gary is over. What you used to laugh at is outside, so maybe we listen to what he says, okay? Beverly said. Reggie and Mac got quiet. Go ahead, Gary, Beverly said. Gary took a breath and continued. Well, it's like I was saying. In any zombie-type situation, there is usually some period of time between the bite and when the person turns, right? 
So if he came after you, Bev, we gotta figure that he has started to turn, Gary said. And we're sure he got bit? I mean, he came after Bev, but maybe it was because he thought she got bit or something. I don't know, Max said. The four all stared at Johnson again. Well, shall we check him out? See if, uh, Reggie said. Nobody stepped forward or said anything. Finally, all eyes came to rest on Beverly. She stared back at them. She sighed and looked back at Johnson. Fine, you bunch of cowards, she said. Beverly moved in close to Johnson and started to inspect him. When she moved in closer, she noticed a spot of blood on the back of his collar. Gently pushing the collar down, her face blanched. What? What is it? Reggie said. Gary, Mac, and Reggie came around behind Johnson and looked at what Beverly was pointing at. At the nook between Johnson's neck and shoulder, a jagged strip of flesh had been ripped away. Chapter 7 So, he's definitely been bit. Now what? Reggie said. Gary kept his eyes on Johnson. The only way to stop a zombie. I mean, what makes zombies so scary is that they won't stop. You can't shoot them in the chest or wing them. If they can't walk, they will just crawl after you. The only way to stop a zombie is to get them in the head, Gary said. What, like shoot him? Okay, anybody bring a gun to work? Because I sure didn't, Max said. Shoot the boss? I mean, he's the boss. Everybody hates their boss, but... Reggie said. We don't need a gun, Gary said, cutting off Reggie. Blunt force trauma will do the trick, too. We just need to destroy the brain. The sound of Johnson's voice startled them all back to reality as their boss squirmed against his restraints. Hey, what's this? Who tied me up? Johnson said. Reggie approached Johnson. Sorry, boss but you tried to eat Beverly, so now we have to bash your brains in. Nothing personal, Reggie said. Johnson laughed at what he clearly thought was a joke. When he saw nobody else laughing, he worked against the restraints anew. Come on, guys, enough already, let me loose. We have work to do if we want to go home, he said. Sorry, boss, but you're not going anywhere. Gary said we have to destroy your brain, because you're a zombie. Max said. I didn't attack Beverly. I wasn't... Johnson's words trailed off as he seemed to remember something. Look, I feel fine. Do I look like a, a, a zombie to you? Johnson said, bringing his attention back to the fact that he was tied up in a chair. Everyone looked at Johnson, then at each other. Gary looked down. The thing is, Mr. Johnson... We found what looks like a bite mark on your shoulder and... Yeah, but I feel fine, goddammit, Johnson said, cutting Gary off. Gary maintained his composure. And the news was saying that after the aggressive stage, someone infected could appear normal for a while, so... Johnson started bouncing up and down in the chair, twisting and turning, trying to loosen the cord wrapped around him. I'm your foreman, I'm the boss, let me the hell out of this chair, Johnson said. Gary ushered the other three away. They gathered in close and spoke in hushed tones. So, do we draw straws or what? Reggie asked. The others looked at him. You know, to, uh, he said, putting his hands together like he was holding a bat 
and making a swinging motion. They all cast their eyes over at Johnson. Don't look at me like that! Get over here and let me out of this chair! He said. The group turned back into their circle. It should be quick. I mean, no need for him to suffer, you know, any more than he is, or has, whatever, Gary said. Someone strong, then. Someone who can really smash his head in one blow, Mac said. Three sets of wide eyes stared at Mac. He held up his hands and stood up. Oh, no, not me. I can't kill anybody, man. No way, he said. Reggie scrunched up his face. Ah, oh, you big baby. Go get that oversized crescent wrench we use for the valves. Whack him a good one right in the bean, Reggie said. Mac looked at Reggie. Listen to you, tough guy. If it's so easy, you get the wrench and whack him. Now Reggie held up his hands. Whoa, not me, dude. I'm strictly into non-violence and shit. Gary smirked at Reggie. Bullshit, Reggie. You and Mac are always pushing me around, bullying me. Where was your non-violence then, you asshole? Gary said. Reggie shrugged. Aw, oh, hey, you know, Gary, we was just having some fun is all. We would never hurt you or nothing, Reggie said. Silence again fell on the group. Across the room, Johnson still struggled. Wrench? You don't need any wrench, guys. Look, if you left me off, I promise, I promise, I will just flee. Leaf, Johnson said. He looked confused by the words coming out of his own mouth. Hey, why is he talking like that? Reggie asked. Gary looked at Johnson, then at the others, his face going pale. It's the second stage. The news said that after they turn aggressive, they appear normal for a while, before they go into like a trance or something. It sounds like Mr. Johnson is... turning. Chapter 8 I'll do it, Gary said. Everyone but Gary stared at Johnson. Johnson had quit struggling and was sitting slack-jawed in his chair. He slowly worked his legs like he was trying to walk, but was held fast by the restraints. Gary stared down at the ground and pinched the bridge of his nose. No one seemed to hear Gary, transfixed as they were by the change coming over Jason Johnson. I'll fucking do it, Gary said. They all turned to Gary, not saying a word. Finally, Mac gestured to Reggie. Reggie noticed, but didn't seem to understand. Further prompting did nothing to clear things up for Reggie. Losing his patience, Gary helped him out. He wants you to get the big wrench, Reggie. Understanding dawned on Reggie's face, and he turned and ran down the gangway to the generators. Gary looked at Johnson while he waited for Reggie to come back. I mean, there's nothing left of Mr. Johnson in there. His body is just a shell now, a protein delivery system for the virus, he said, sounding more like he was trying to convince himself than anybody else. Beverly looked at Gary and touched his arm, her face sympathetic. She tried to say something, but words failed her. Gary pulled away from her touch, moving closer to Johnson, studying his former boss. Certainly there have been some innovations to the lore. The ethos expanded to allow for zombies to have retained some thought patterns of their former selves, some awareness. But, I mean, it's not widely accepted. 
Plus, even I know that's fiction. Can you murder a zombie? He said to no one in particular. Gary's thoughts were interrupted as Reggie trotted over. In one hand, he was carrying the biggest crescent wrench Gary had ever seen. In the other, he had a crowbar. Reggie thrust the crescent wrench at Gary. As Gary took hold of the handle, his arms dropped and the business end of the wrench fell to the floor with a heavy metallic clunk. Reggie let out a snicker. Damn, Gary, those puny little sticks you call arms can't even tote a wrench? Beverly looked hard at Reggie. Shut up, Reggie. You carried that wrench pretty easy. Maybe you want to do it, she said. Reggie looked down as Beverly held her stare on him. Yeah, that's what I thought. Give him the crowbar and quit being an asshole for five minutes, if you can, Beverly said. Mac took the wrench from Gary and slung it over his shoulder. Reggie handed over the crowbar to Gary. Armed with the crowbar, Gary walked up to Jason Johnson. Behind him, Mac laughed under his breath at Reggie. Reggie glared at Mac and punched him in the arm. Johnson, or what used to be Johnson, was drooling and staring at a point on the floor about six feet in front of him. He continued to struggle against the restraints, like a wind-up toy on its last ounce of power. Gary took a breath and steeled himself. He raised the crowbar above his head and looked into the blank face of his one-time boss. The seconds ticked by, and Gary's resolve weakened. He lowered the crowbar and turned away, letting out a deep sigh. I can't do it, he said. Oh, what the... Reggie started, before shutting up under another baleful gaze from Beverly. I can't do it like this, Gary said. Untie him, and when he turns and comes at me, like hell, Reggie said, this time undeterred by any look. When he turns, we ain't gonna be nothing but minute rice to that fucker. We ain't untying shit. Gary looked around the room. Johnson's office caught his eye. Push him in there and lock me in with him. I'll untie him and whack him when he turns. Just let me out when I tell you. Beverly, make sure they let me out, okay? He said. Beverly nodded. Listen, Gary, you don't have to do this. Just lock him in his office and we'll all get out of here, she said. Behind her, Reggie and Mac tried to figure out how to push the slack-jawed Johnson towards his office. Neither man wanted to get close, so Mac clamped the big crescent wrench onto the back of the chair and began to pull, keeping Johnson a wrench handle length away. It's not safe, Bev. We can't leave until we know what's out there. And when he turns and catches our scent, he will bang and slam and tear at whatever's holding him until he sinks his teeth into us. No, it's got to be done. I just have to do it my way, he said. All right, he's in there, Max said from across the room. Beverly gave Gary's skinny arm a squeeze as he solemnly went to Johnson's office. Upon entering, Gary turned and looked at Reggie and Mac. Neither man could hold his gaze as they closed the door and shut him in.